Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Season 2 is here. Today, we'll hear about SDPL's new ticketed pass program, Discover and Go. Also, I catch up with some friends at the show to discuss our favorite podcasts. So stick around. This should be fun. In the fall of 2021, the San Diego Public Library launched a new program that gives library users access to various museums, parks, and other ticketed attractions throughout the San Diego region. While SDPL has offered similar services in the past, Discover and Go, as the program is called, streamlines the user experience providing scheduled access while doing away with unnecessary transit and waiting periods. Discover and Go is the name of our system for sharing passes to attractions all around town, and that covers a lot of different things. Discover and Go, getting a little bit deeper into it, is what we'd call a ticketed pass program. So in the past, we had uh, sort of physical passes that would circulate from location to location. This is a way for folks to go online and reserve a ticket for a particular date for any of the attractions around town. Uh, My name is Jeffrey Davis, and I manage the Linda Vista Branch Library. The idea of circulating museum passes is nothing new for SDPL. Well, you know, we've had museum passes going back really 20 years or so. Uh, This has been a fundamental type of service that libraries have provided, a way to access the riches of of each locale where where the libraries are. This is just an evolution of that, um, but it's a a valuable one because it makes it much easier for, for the public. It also has benefits for the participating attractions. Users of the old system might recall excessive wait times for passes with hold queues lasting as long as six months. With the physical passes that circulated before, um, there, there are a number of drawbacks. For one, uh, just because they had to be on hold for folks to travel, there were waiting lists for those. You wouldn't know when you were getting a pass. You know, you would put in a request for a pass, but you know, you didn't really have a way to know uh, which date that was going to be available to you. And so, because that was unknown, pass has to be available for enough time for it to be useful to you. So it would be for two weeks, three weeks, something like that. The passes would spend a lot of time in transit because of all this. The physical pass system created a logistical bottleneck and a host of subsequent issues. These issues not only impacted patrons, but our partner organizations as well. So you'd get these very long lines for them. And because they'd have to be useful for for two weeks or so, that didn't serve the attractions as well. Because rather than, you know, reaching a lot of different people, you would have the possibility that someone would just keep attending the same location over and over during the time they had to pass. For a you know really valued attraction like the zoo that we have now, um, that's not something that works for them. This type of program where you're reserving a particular date, that's much more uh, attractive to these institutions. Sometimes it's the unanticipated gains that can round out a new system's value. And the other thing that this type of system lets us do is it lets us provide more passes on days when the attractions are less crowded so that they've got surplus weekdays, say we can make more passes available those days. Uh, we still try and offer something during the weekend, but that was something that we could never do with the physical passes. It just had to be, you know, this is good for two weeks, have at it. This is something where we can reach a lot more people. And for the attractions, that's what they're looking for also, to reach people, to get people to visit them, to possibly become members. That's more valuable to them. As this new system allows for more and better access, it's in turn helped SDPL expand its offerings. The current list of attractions is extensive. To name a few, uh, 
San Diego Zoo, the Children's Museum downtown, the Children's Discovery Museum in Escondido, Marston House in Balboa Park, San Diego Museum of Art, uh, Museum of Us. One that uh, we're proud of here is Skate World in Linda Vista. Looking forward to adding a lot more attractions that are not simply museums or zoos, gardens, those kind of things. But anything that you can provide a ticket to is something that we can consider adding to this, this system. While Discover and Go is new to SDPL, the system itself has been in use at other libraries for over a decade. The first uh, iteration of this launched in 2011 uh, at the Contra Costa County Library in the Bay Area. I do not recall exactly how I heard about it, but it wasn't too long after they launched that, that I noticed this and uh, thought, you know, this is exciting. This is uh, something that's a, you know, a leap from an existing thing that we were doing, but, but really taking it to the next level and, you know, could see where there was a lot of potential. And so, you know, we're just happy that uh, we're bringing San Diego Public on with this now. San Diego is a great place for this type of thing. There's just an awful lot here that, that lends itself to this, this type of lending and access. One of the most exciting aspects of services like Discover and Go is not just optimized access to museums and parks, but its potential for adapting the model to future services. There are a number of different types of programs in libraries that are ways of creating new access to to the riches around us, to things that we don't bring into the library, but instead we make those more available to the public through the work of the library. This is sort of a quintessential example of that. Um, there are others like community calendars, like uh, land use type of things that libraries have done to create safe routes uh, around libraries and uh, in parks and ways to connect the library to the community to do membership programs. So we've recently started uh, providing uh, cards automatically to uh, students in uh, schools in San Diego. There are a lot of additional benefits that can be attached to library membership. Simply put, it's a reframing of traditional library roles. Rather than try and recreate everything inside the library and bring everything into the library for access here, we're acting as a bridge to connect the public to the resources around us. With a system in place like Discover and Go, the possibilities are endless. While traditional in-house programming has served libraries well, some programs are better suited to their own facilities. You know, we can bring in an animal program or we can provide a ticket to the zoo. We can bring in a musical performance or we can provide tickets to the symphony. What's the response been like from the public? Have people been responding well? Yeah, very well. Yeah, it's been very popular. We've had a lot of demand. Folks have been eager to know when when passes become available. I can tell you here, the way that that works is on the first of each month, uh, just at midnight at uh, zero o'clock on the first of the month, passes for three months forward will be released. So coming up here, March 1st, passes for May. I got that right? Yeah. Passes for May will be released. What we saw uh, this last month uh, for some of our most popular attractions within minutes of those uh, being released, they were reserved. Uh, so people are, are eager for those and, and waiting and, and real glad to uh, be able to take advantage of that. And so on April 1st, things are going to be available for June is what it sounds like. That's correct. Yep. Visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash Discover SD for more information about Discover and Go and our many partner attractions. Two must-see attractions are the Marston House and the San Diego Model Railroad Museum, both located in Balboa Park. Also, be sure to check some ticketed events provided by our newest partner, San Diego State University Aztec Athletics.
Hey folks, Bob here. Welcome to Listener's Advisory Favorite Podcast Roundtable. Today, we're going to be talking to you about the podcast we've been listening to because that's what library folk do. We tell you about what we think is worth reading, watching, and listening to. Today, I'm here with Deputy Director of Customer Experience, Jennifer Jenkins. If you were around last season, you'll remember Jennifer as she appeared on several episodes and serves as the Listener's Advisory Executive Producer. Jennifer, how are you? I'm fantastic, Bob. How's it going? It's going well. It's going. It's going. Say. We're in person this time. We're, we're IRL yeah. in real life. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> also here with us is Cora Womble-Miesner. Cora is a library assistant three at the College Rolando Branch Library. If you tuned in to our bonus episode a couple weeks back, you caught her excellent recommendation of The Housekeeper and the Professor by Yoko Ogawa. Cora, how's it going? It's going well, Bob. So I'm going to go ahead and start things off. My first recommendation is Hawk versus Wolf with professional skateboarder Tony Hawk and former professional skateboarder and radio personality Jason Ellis. It's a relatively new uh, podcast. It started in 2021. It's an interview discussion kind of fly on the wall podcast. So it's it's not really my favorite kind of podcast. I like stuff that's a little more produced usually. But Tony and Jason are, are interesting dudes. Episodes find Tony and Jason discussing their careers in skateboarding and radio but they also bring on various guests uh, from the comedy and skateboarding realm. So they've had like Christian Hosoy, Rodney Mullen, Steve Caballero. And they even had Howie Mandel, which was kind of wacky for me. But, you know, I just skipped that episode. Uh, It's really dope because they're both very engaging guys. Jason Ellis has done pretty much everything from skating to comedy to UFC. And then, of course, Tony has had a pretty uh, illustrious career in skateboarding, but he's also done a lot of work raising money to build skate parks in low-income areas. For those of you that don't follow Tony Hawk, um, he recently had a pretty gnarly fall. He broke his femur. I think that's going to be a tough one to come back from, but um, get well soon to the Birdman. My other podcast recommendation is the Parker Edison Project with Parker Edison. It's also engineered slash produced by a friend of mine named Kurt Conan, aka Id the Poet. Uh, They launched their second season this March through KPBS. The first episode came out on March 9th, which was the anniversary of the death of Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. Notorious B.I.G. Parker spoke to various folks about their first experiences hearing Ready to Die, which was Biggie's first album. He also spoke to some local folks that were working in the hip-hop scene here in San Diego in the 90s and their experiences with Biggie Uh, performing here in San Diego. So it was pretty interesting. The podcast is very hip-hop centric as Parker and Id are both local MCs here in the hip-hop scene. There should be a few more episodes available by the time this recording airs. If you need more, there's a whole first season. It explores culture and community through the lens of Black America. For those of you that rocked with Listener's Advisory last season, you'll remember I got the chance to interview Parker. It was one of my favorite episodes. Cora, what do you got for us? All right, this first one is not exactly a a deep cut. Or maybe it is. I don't really know what people are listening to. Uh, It's a Paris View podcast. Not familiar. Not familiar. All right. So perhaps it is indeed a deep cut. Okay, I don't, I really don't, I don't know what's up. Um, The Paris Review podcast, um, you've heard of the Paris Review? Yes. Okay, you know, kind of legendary literary magazine. It's been around for decades. They have a podcast that I started listening to... God, whenever I discovered it, maybe I want to say four or five years ago now, which seems like forever, but it is just one of the best produced podcasts I've ever heard. It's very 
Uh, it's almost cinematic, it, like the sounds that they mix in, because it's a blend of like stories, interviews, and archival tape, because I have all these like interviews dating back, you know, into the last century with like James Baldwin and Ernest Hemingway, not on tape, but you know, like they have a bunch of stuff that they have collected, and they either use bits of old tape or, you know, reenact interviews and have poets and authors read their stories and their work. It's just really well made and I've never, none of the episodes are boring. They're like all good, which is just kind of rare with a podcast. Usually there's Indeed. a few duds, but yeah. there's, there's, it's really all worth listening to and I've been listening to it lately because I've been moving and I never got around to listening to the most recent season just because I kind of fell out of my podcast game for a little bit but I've been listening to it while I'm moving and just you know packing stuff up unboxing stuff it's just it's really calming you know because it's uh, it's just like the sound design everything is very um it just flows super well and then entertaining because you get little bits of stories and poems and stuff. And it's I like I like the New Yorker fiction podcast, but that just gives you one story at a time. And this is like you get you get a bit more than that. And I don't read a lot of poetry, so it's nice to be forced to interact with it because I think it's still worthwhile. And I'm gonna I'm going to recommend um, an episode that I just listened to that I thought was great. It's called A Strange Way to Live, and it has some reenactments of a Joan Didion interview. It has Phoebe Bridgers on it, and it has a Bud Smith story called Violets that was very entertaining and interesting and surprising. You got me feeling like I'm not a very well-read person right now. (laughs) (laughs) That was my goal coming here today. (laughs) I I just wanted to, you know, shame you. No, it sounds, (laughs) sounds like good stuff. You know, I remember when I would listen to like really well-produced podcasts, not Serial, but S-Town was kind of like that for me, you know, like it was thrilling, but at the same time, really relaxing because of the way that it was produced and the way that it kind of unfolded. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's a, I don't know, it really kind of shows, I mean, I like all sorts of podcasts, but when something's so seamlessly constructed, um, it's it's like watching a really good TV show or something. You know, it's just like it's it's pure entertainment. It's JJ, what do you got for us? Okay, so I've, I've narrowed it down to two podcasts because I always come over prepared. Uh, so I'm here today with your recommendations from a lady of a certain age, a.k.a. the mom recommendations. I'm still <laughs> on my quest to better myself and to become a good person. So it's all self-help podcasts all the time. Um, no, I'm not going to talk about Brene Brown today, but I am going to talk about a couple of podcasts that were introduced to me because they were guests on Brene Brown's podcasts. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm super down with like the cross pollinization that happens yes. in the podcast world. I oftentimes find a new podcasts that way. Until you find the good stuff. That's totally Indeed. how I do it. And my girl Bernays got good taste and good connections. So well, um, well, what I want to say real quick, so I never took your recommendations from last season and listened to Brene Brown, but you sent around that thing, that interview that she did with the dude from the ACLU yes. recently and I got a taste of Brene Brown and I was very pleased. It was awesome. It was a great show. I will take that as a compliment. 
podcast recommendations. Um, well, so I've got some more along those lines. Um, my first recommendation is for a podcast called Unfuck Your Brain. It's hosted by Cara Lowenthal. She is a Harvard professor. She is a life coach, and she injects feminist theory into cognitive psychology-based techniques and insights to help change the way you think and live your life. Basically, all of the techniques that she talks about on her podcast and all the guests that she brings on are experts in various fields, and they talk about all of the conditioning that we experience in our lives and how to basically use the power of your thoughts to decondition yourself and not participate in your own oppression. So um, one episode that I want to recommend is uh, the episode called Parenting Yourself and Kids If You Have Them. And her guest on that episode was Dr. Becky Kennedy. She has been called the, um, the therapist for millennial parents. Um, so, so that's her like field of expertise, but she doesn't actually work with youth. In her private practice, she serves other adults, but in working with other adults through therapy, she concluded that like basically everything that we do as parents, our triggers, our um, the things that our kids do that drive us crazy, we're all conditioned in our childhood and our trauma responses to things that did or did not happen in our childhood. And if you can examine and understand your own personal experiences and when you have those reactions, then you can start to change the connections in your brain and no longer have those physical stress responses when your kids are being super annoying. Um, so it's like cop in your head stuff? Kind of like hack your brain. She talks about like, the ladder of thought like when you use your higher brain and recognize that you're having a thought because that's like one of the beauties of being a human is that you're you have a higher consciousness and you can think about your thoughts and so if you can recognize when you're having a thought and that it's a thought and not and know the difference between a thought and a feeling then you can rationalize like reverse engineer that back to recognizing why you're having that thought slash feeling and then start to change the course of like the ways that your brain like your amygdala your fight flight fight flight what's the last one fight or flight there's one more oh freeze fight flight or freeze response i never heard the third there's three yeah fight flight or sounds like we need some of this podcast you might need to your brain um and so yes it does have a naughty title this podcast is for adults but um i think that's kind of the beauty of it is it's all about empowering women it's all about dismantling the patriarchy because the patriarchy harms us all um so definitely recommend that check out dr becky's episode and if you like dr becky's episode she's got a podcast called good inside that focuses on just parenting straight up parenting if that's your bag the other podcast I want to recommend is Pivot. It's hosted by Cara Swisher. She's a tech reporter. And Scott Galloway, who is an NYU professor. And I got into this podcast because I listened to them on Brene Brown. And they were talking about the metaverse and Web 3.0 and NFTs and crypto and blockchain. And this actually came up at work in a meeting recently. And I had no idea what 
anyone was talking about even after I googled it. So um, I did a deep dive, listened to this podcast, and it's really fascinating. Car Swisher, I guess she used to be super connected with like all the big tech bros in Silicon Valley. Like she knows Mark Zuckerberg and all the all the people, uh, Jack Dorsey, all the people in Silicon Valley, and like at this point she's reported so truthfully and exposed so many things that like a lot of them will not speak to her anymore ah good sign. <laughs> so, yeah so good the, sign. The, the point of this uh podcast is like it's the convergence of tech politics and just like pop culture and like how all of those things converge and the episode that i would recommend to start with is about the pandora papers and the facebook whistleblower that was when I deleted all of my social media when I listened to that episode. Yes. So um, those are my recommendations today. So it just just ruined the fun? It's a fun ruiner podcast is what you're telling me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, social media is evil. The algorithms are all evil. They're all trying to uh, ruin our children. (laughs) Well, thanks, guys, for coming through with your recommendations. Appreciate it. And thank you, Bob, for having us. Thanks, Bob. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Jeffrey Davis, Jennifer Jenkins, and Cora Womble-Meesner. As usual, thanks to Pete Meesner and Luke Henshaw for contributing original music, and a huge extra special thank you to Youth Services Librarian Ton Bono. I'm currently doing an out-of-class assignment, and Ton is holding down the Balboa branch while I'm gone. For links to the service and podcasts featured in this episode, please see our show notes or visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. This podcast is supported by the Library Foundation SD. For more information on what they're doing, please visit them at www.libraryfoundationsd.org. If you like what we're doing here at Listener's Advisory, please consider sharing our podcast on your social media, leave us a rating or review via your favorite podcast directory, or tell someone you know about us. Thanks in advance.